Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to the final episode to wrap up a season that took damn near 11 months to complete. This week, the boys and I will bring you our season review special where we break down all things Chelsea in the 2019-2020 season. Our itinerary has everything on it, from a three-bullet-point three Bayern recap, our take on Frank's first year, a quick game of who should stay and who should go, our player of the year, our goal of the season, disappointment of the season, I wonder who that one is, and of course, it would not be a Roman's Empire pod without some questions from our Rep Ultras to finish things off. Boys, it is the end of the season, and uh, it's finally here. We get to do our season recap. So, uh, Sam and Andres, uh, how you guys doing? Hey, you know, losing 7-1 to Bayern over two legs, not as bad as losing 8-2 to what was it, 8-2 to two in one eight game. 8-2. <laughs> so, I'm feeling a lot better about that loss, knowing that Barca also made that same mistake but it was worse yeah way worse and and also it makes me feel better knowing that Bayern is definitely the best team in the world right now and we lost to the eventual champion so we can just hypothetically say hey if we played any other team who knows we could have made it to the finals but uh, and then lost to Bayern in the finals yeah and then we can all blame Ross Barkley for missing that penalty <laughs> it all comes down it all comes down to that moment really like that it, it's crazy looking back now how much of an impact that that actually had on our champions league run if you if if william took that penalty instead and we won that match instead of drawing or was it a was it a draw instead of a loss whatever yeah. then we we would have had to play who did who did uh psg you would have no. played uh, atalanta first. yeah atalanta Oh, we would have lost worse than seven one if we played Atalanta. But, <laughs> who knows? With that, with our defending, oh, Andreas, hi, how are you doing, bro? I know, I know you're a Bayern fan, so deep down inside, you you're actually happy about this, right? <laughs> I mean, I I get to tag alongside my dad while watching, and man, just seeing, you know, this is just perfect karma for all that Barcelona has ever done to us. Just. Uh-huh. Way Falona coming down and losing eight to two is just a beautiful thing to watch. I know and... that's what happens when you have like thirteen, thirty year olds on your roster. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's that was the perfect. I'll, I'll, I'll try not to get into it too much, but that's just the. But there was just such total opposites of how to properly run a club. Yeah. Bayern years of scouting, smart spending, and player development versus Barca's like current model which is like hand an eight-year-old a FIFA career mode and let him sign the next shiny thing Bayern's starting 11 was cheaper than both individually by the way than both Griezmann and Coutinho and yeah. Coutinho was playing for Bayern scored oh, twice and assisted my god and Griezmann <laughs> wasn't even a starter in that game so 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 yeah. I- Everything that happened with Barca was self-inflicted, I feel like, though. Their transfer business is awful. Mm -hmm. Martin Braithwaite is not the answer. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) They brought in a guy like Griezmann who literally fills the same spots Messi does. It it doesn't make any sense. It never made any sense. Not Um, not just Griezmann. I mean, sorry to turn this into a Barcelona podcast, everyone, (laughs) but like, if your best option off the bench is a 17-year-old in Ansu Fati, you need to ask yourself a lot of questions. Yeah. Like, Arturo Vidal starting in this game is like, when would an Arturo Vidal start in a quarterfinal game for, quote-unquote, Barcelona? Like, 
playing a 4-4-2 out of nowhere, like Barcelona should never derive from their 4-3-3. Like they're supposed to be like the elite club. And then you have them like shifting to prepare for what Bayern may do. I don't know, man. Then their tactics were just garbage too. Yeah, so, let's play out in the back against one of the best pressing teams in all in the whole world. So, so my question is, um, are we done with our Bayern recap yet? <laughs> Did we, we even on? start it? <laughs> I, <it> sh- <laughs> let, <laughs> let Sam take care of it. No, it'll be cool. Sam, no. read off those three bullet points we have for okay, our Bayern. Okay, so recap. we should go over the starting eleven because <laughs> why not? Bullet point number one. Uh, Willie, I'm not even gonna do it the normal way. I'm just gonna read it. Willie, Emerson, Zuma, Christensen, Reese, Kova, Conte, Ross, Cho, Mount, and Tammy. All right, on to point number two. We played like shit. I think our po- our one point last last episode was we're fucked, and this one is yeah. we played, we like, played shit. like shit. And then <laughs> only positive to take is that we went through it unscathed injury wise. So. That is the one positive. Uh, Cho almost had a worldie. Got it, robbed. It, almost. It was. It, it was well taken though. Who who knows what would have happened if that goal counted? The the butterfly effect, you know, could have gone the team hyped up. <laughs> no, not really. No. But um, yeah. So that was our recap for that match. I don't know if anyone wants to even listen to fantastic anymore. analysis. Song. Yeah. 20, 2012 and twenty twenty are two very different years. Oh yeah. And, and Andreas, you said like uh, karma for Barca. I thought you were talking about karma for us stealing that Champions League uh, from Bayern in Munich. Uh, they got their <laughs> they they got their payback on us. That's that's for sure. But I'd rather take. Nah. Uh, I'd rather take that 2012 title. That's fine. We'll we'll, we'll trade blows that way. Um, all right, let's let's go on to our next section and discuss Frank's first year. So uh, before the season started, we all we all mutually agreed that making the top four and you know making a decent run in uh, in cup in in any cup, you know making it to the knockout stage of Champions League would be considered a success. Uh, and you know, I think next week we're going to go through some of our old takes from the beginning of the season and respond to <laughs> them. Uh, you know, we all said for the most part that, you know, we we expect a top six finish and would be pleasantly pleased with a top four finish. Uh, we did get the top four, made it to the knockout stages of Champions League, made it to the final of uh, FA Cup, almost nearly could have won it. But uh, I think we met every single tick that we uh or we ticked off every single goal that we wanted to at the beginning of the season zach like going through the season have your opinions changed as far as considering this season a success uh no believe it or not i'm not a member of the lampard out brigade um is that a thing <laughs> have you have you been on twitter lately that's a there's, thing. Huh. There's, dude, did you see that guy that tweeted sorry this off topic this dude tweeted at us last week from a sorry fan page <laughs> no, no i no he they tweet he tweeted something about oh i, I i'll find he said it that right. if Jorginho if Jorginho mm-hmm. leaves chelsea then i'm no longer a chelsea fan yeah then, uh, I, then okay. I quote tweeted it saying this is the most absurd take i think i've ever seen <laughs> and then he responded with some incoherent thing about he said he said you're not a chelsea fan and then we go to his page, and his page says Chelsea fan, but his handle is something about sorry. Anyways, um, yeah. To go back to your question, Sam. 
So um, yeah, so sorry, definitely is a better manager. That's what we're saying, right? Because uh, he got kicked uh, out. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he did a good Jorginho, job at Juventus. Jorginho, Jorginho, born and raised in West London, Chelsea through and through. No, um, it, look, my opinions for this season and Frank, just kind of going back to the to the focus here is, um, no, they haven't changed. Um, we lost Eden Hazard last season, um, and you couple that with the transfer ban. Um, we struck out in January. I don't think the club was necessarily eager to for any panic buys. Um, I think we played all of our cards right. I think Frank played his cards right. It, it's difficult to see how this season wasn't a success, to be honest. Um, you just look at the you look at the good performances from the season. I know there are a lot of bad ones that we can talk about too. Um, but primarily, we pretty much beat every big team we've played against. Um, we had great performances against Man City. We played Liverpool really well. Um, we beat Arsenal and Tottenham, um, both away. Um, you know, United and United um, mm-hmm. in a in yeah, a in a, one, in, a one. in the FA Cup. Yeah. yeah, but still, you know, bottom line is there were good performances. You look at Europe as well. We had a good performance against Ajax in the home leg, even though that game was the most topsy turvy match of football I've ever watched in my life. Um, but overall, it, it's definitely been a successful season. I think we have to take a step back as Chelsea fans and look how much we've been spoiled in the last five or six years in terms of trophies and cup runs. And you take a look at what Lampard has done with a squad that's had literally no experience. Um, and you, you take out our best goal scorer, pretty much our, our attacking uh, focus in Hazard. It, it's hard to see how it's not a success. It's 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 a success. I mean, yeah. there, there's no... we. We got top four, which ensures another year Champions League. So now we had, we go into a summer of Frank Lampard having two Champions League qualification bonuses, a Euro, a Europa League winners bonus, an Eden Hazard transfer, an Alvaro Morata transfer. He basically set himself up for five years of success by now being the only club who's had who has money in the bank, all yeah. because we were able to achieve those preseason. Uh, almost, uh, like high. I don't even know how to say. It. Like the target probably wasn't even top four. The target was probably just to be around it. Yeah. Like we all expected maybe Europa League again, but just to show that there was going to be a a good foundation for the future. And I think we skipped in terms of what we expect a whole season's worth of expectations. Right. At least in my book. No, I th- I uh, agree with you for sure. And I know that during the season, now that we get to take a step back and look at it, during the season I got frustrated for sure, especially in the restart where we dropped points and literally just winning one of those dumb losses would have meant that we didn't have to wait till the last week to qualify. And I just hope that that's something that we can iron out moving forward is not leaving the work to be done at the last second. And even that's just nitpicking because, like Zach said, we were set up to have one of the worst seasons Chelsea has had historically, and it was anything but that. And I think I think uh, I said this a couple of weeks ago, but it's okay to adjust your expectations throughout the season because when we were saying at the beginning of the season that it would be considered a success if we made top four, that's because we were expecting to be top six. But, you know, after the reset and, you know, being in position to make the top four, the fact that it had to go, come down to the last day, uh, to the last match day, um, I, I did adjust my expectations. And if we didn't make the top four, like we finished fifth or sixth in the beginning of the season, I would have considered that a success. But 
later on, I think I would have we, we would have considered that a failure. I mean, not 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 a flat out failure, but you know, like it, if we didn't make top four, considering the way that the season ended and all the chances that we had that we slipped up on and the lucky breaks we got, it would have been. I don't think we would have been a success. But uh, we we got a question from at Tim Chelsea kind of to wrap up uh, what you guys were just saying, rate the season out of 10. Andreas, I'll start out of you. What, what would you rate the season out of 10? I'll give it a 9 out of 10 just mm-hmm. because that FA Cup final is still leaving a, a sour taste in my mouth. That is literally <laughs> like the one thing that I can complain about. Really? Because not, not it the was the 50, whatever, six, the insane amount of goals that we gave up this season. I mean, sure, I I can complain about that too. But even when we gave up all those goals, we made an FA Cup final. So, yeah, I I'll I'll be optimistic here. Give it a nine out of ten because that was the ugliest FA Cup final I've seen in a long time, and it was so obtainable. And yeah. capping off the season with Frank lifting a trophy as Chelsea manager would have been like the greatest thing as a fan obviously all three of us growing up watching Lampard kill it for us as a player and then see him do that as a manager would have been nuts so I'll give it a nine for that reason and yeah I, I we can get Nate picky and I can give it a lower score but I think a nine is fair um, you, Zach? I'm gonna go with an eight um he exceeded expectations got top four um FA Cup run knockout stages of the Champions League um the players develop nicely as well especially um, a lot of our young guys who let's be fair you know guys like tammy abraham guys like mason mount um reese james even though we were high up on them the rest of europe wasn't necessarily um there was still a lot of question marks as to whether or not they were still championship quality players and i think you know with the help of lampard they've definitely achieved premier league status so um the future is bright man i, I definitely an eight out of ten um the only reason why I don't give it a 10 is like Andres said, that FA Cup final is looming in my head, and it's it's really hard to forget um, David Moyes doing the double over us. That's that's something that doesn't really sit well with me. And I, I think I'm I'm more along your your side. I mean, whatever, eight nine. That's it's such an arbitrary rating, but I still yeah. think 54 goals given up in the season. Um, just no. You know, we we had four center backs rotating uh, pretty much throughout the season, and I, none of them gave me hope for the future. And I would I, I would have really liked at the end of the season to have one of those guys um, give glimpses of you know this guy can be one of our full time center backs moving forward. But yeah. I, I don't feel comfortable with any of them. And overall, I I, I do maybe have worries about just frank's defensive schemes i don't know how much to blame the players for that how much to blame the managers uh but i think an 8 out of 10 is still i mean that's a great it was it was i'm just nitpicking here at this point because everything that you guys have already said those were all the positives to the season and i think the main thing uh was i think mason mount's development uh, coming into the seat, uh, the the team for the first time, uh, playing on the senior squad after loan spells, and really coming into his own. Tammy Abraham's hot start, um, once again also playing for the first time on the senior team. Um, those were and and just watching their development throughout the season was amazing. 
consider. I mean, we we talked at the beginning of the season about how it's a great opportunity and maybe a blessing in disguise for Frank being able to play these young guys now, and it really did work out. I think we saw some great development, and uh, next, I'm just really looking forward to next season. Um, all right, let's move on to the next uh, question. Zach, I'll start off with you. Describe Frank's season in one word. I chose a fancy schmancy one song, Renaissance. Wow, I don't even know in how to me, spell that. Kate, for, for all my history scholars, <laughs> Renaissance means rebirth. Um, no, uh, look, Frank's <laughs> going to bring glory back to Stanford Bridge. I think that's obvious um, after this season. Um, maybe it's my biased Chelsea fanhood talking. Maybe it's uh, Frank actually being a good manager. Um, but the key here is that he's going to be doing it all his own way. Um, we're not going to be the Chelsea of 0405 where we have that solid defensive unit and just this ridiculous spine of, of, of defensive solid players and, and, and international players right around their mid to late 20s all peaking at the same time. We're not there yet. That's where we're going. Um, and, and I think it's going to take time. Um, you know, Frank is going to shift the landscape of Chelsea Football Club. It's going to be different from the Chelsea of old in the sense that, you know, we're going to be a great team eventually, um, if not in the near future. But it, it's going to be done on his terms. Frank wants to play attacking football and he wants to score a lot of goals. Um, so the future is bright, you know. Um, it's just a matter of us sitting back and being patient and willing to, you know, cope with some of the growing pains that we're going to continue to experience next season. I know we talked about it earlier this season about, you know, what growing pains we'll anticipate going into this year. But, I mean, you're out of your damn mind if you don't think that some of these young guys still don't have anything to learn going into next year. You know, j the addition of a couple world-class players doesn't change the fact that we still have a lot of young guys on the squad who are still very inexperienced, um, who do need, you know, to, to be nurtured um, and, and that need patience so i just hope that the fans um you know give him three or four more seasons to really put his stamp on his uh on his coaching spell here at chelsea one word andreas what would it be oh my god i would say the word is I i'm gonna say I, I don't even know if this is the right word in my head it makes sense so you guys tell me if i i'm using the word wrong and maybe you guys can okay. find what word i'm looking for but I'm going for trending. I think that because of this season, Chelsea is the hot team moving forward, if that makes sense. I think that mm -hmm. all the work the team made this season, the strides of, of bringing in, blooding in the youth, finding out who's going to be staying, what their roles are, what kind of football we're going to play, it brings – an excitement and a and a, and an air of of kind of yeah trending is the right word I'm thinking like we're like trending, trending up. upward like, yes yeah. how about how so about foundational laying yeah, down I mean, the foundation foundational season yeah. <laughs> I I don't know I yeah I I would say I think that might be a strong foundation I guess I, it's not viral I think trending still is the word I'm looking for because yeah people people around world football are noticing that we're we're coming back strong. Like, like I said, we skipped a season in, in, in Lampard's five-year plan and, and talks of, you know, we went from a season of, of pundits not even putting us in the top four to now saying we may compete for the league title. So that's what I'm saying. Like everything mm -hmm. surrounding Chelsea is on the up and up. And whether it's a player, whether it's other coaches, 
they see it too. And that's yeah. why I think that's my word trending. Um, after this podcast, Andres is going to tweet out his address. Um, so one of our rip ultras can uh, make sure he gets a hold of a thesaurus for <laughs> next week's pod. Uh, okay. Ron, we need your help, bud. <laughs> or we can do thesaurus.com. That works too. We don't need to share uh, Andres' <laughs> personal information. But uh, I think uh, my word would be pleasing. Um, it was like just every time seeing Frank on the sidelines, it just made me happy. Um, and to see the way that he's, uh, you know, the boys really look up to him and really his ability to get him up uh, for most matches. Of course, you know, there's going to be matches here and there that the boys aren't up for, but, you know, to to see him really bring like a fun and positive and exciting uh, kind of uh, culture into the, into, back into the club, it was very pleasing. Um, so those that's the word I'm going to choose. Uh, so now looking forward to Frank's second season. Zach, what are you looking forward to most? Well, I mean, if there's one thing that we learned this season is that we could create a lot of chances. Um, and now we add Werner and Ziyech to the occasion, Havertz as well. I, I spoke about it a little bit last week. Um, but our conversion rate should shoot up. Uh, should. <laughs> quote unquote. Um, however, I'm I'm still curious to see how Frank handles the other end of the pitch. Um, the defense has been awful all season. We all know that, but I'm just more curious um, to see what kind of tweaks or alterations we make, whether it's tactically or personnel wise. Uh, because I don't necessarily think we need to be a world class defensive unit like the Chelsea of old, um, but we just got to be able to keep some of the shit teams out of the back of our net. Um, whether that means finding a goalkeeper that would actually try to save shots that are kicked right at him or, um, you know, tweaking the back line by adding and subtracting some players. That's, that's the real question moving forward in the next season, because I think we could all agree that, you know, we've definitely improved in the attacking sense and in the midfield areas of the pitch this season, um, from the beginning of the season to here. I mean, we, we were absolutely run off the park by United. Um, and then we somehow dominate them um, in the FA Cup uh, with uh, Lionel Messi, I mean, uh, Bruno Fernandez um, on their team. So, you know, we've definitely improved in that aspect, but we've sort of regressed defensively. I think we've become less solid as the season's gone on. And whether that's due to, you know, the way Frank's been rotating the team or the lack of consistent run of games with the same guys. Um who knows? But that's the big question going into next year is we know we're going to be able to score and create, but can we defend? And that's going to be the make it or break it for our season as a whole, to be completely honest. Yeah, just so that I don't repeat what Zach said, I think one thing I'm looking forward to for next season is finally having a philosophy we stick with. I hope that after a year of seeing our team how we perform in the Premier League, how their team set up against us. I'm hoping we can just pick our style and stick to it. I, I really don't want to just guess what formation we're playing every week. I think we saw a little bit more of what we should be doing going into next season after Project Restart started. And now that, like Zach mentioned, we have our recruits coming in, I, I think it's just time to see what Lampard's vision of Chelsea's football just kind of come to light and see that 
every single week, not adjust to our opponent, but have them adjust to us. So that's that's one thing I'm looking forward to. And selfishly speaking, obviously FIFA 21, so I can use all these new pieces to my yeah. to my own <laughs> doing. So that's that's just for fun. But yeah, overall, I, I'm really just wanting to see what this Chelsea's finally going to look like because we all knew season one was going to be a, a season of trial and errors. I'm hoping season two is a season of execution. So, Andres, just to kind of bounce off your point for a sec, I, I got to be honest, I don't really see Lampard being um, a manager that sticks to system over philosophy. Um, I, I, I think his style of football is going to stay the same. I think we are going to be, you know, uh, seeing a lot of the high press and fast possession uh, moving into next season, moving the ball quickly. That's something Frank talked a lot about. But I don't necessarily think it means that we're going to be stuck in a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1, um, you know, 95% of the season next year. I, I definitely think Frank does adapt to his opponents and 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 what kind of um, what kind of team he's playing, he's you know facing up against. Um, so I don't really see him sticking to one particular system. But the philosophy thing is spot on. I, I think it's going to be much of the same. You know, we got the forward players that fit Lampard's plan. And I think this kind of ties into my point earlier is we, we don't know what the plan is defensively. I know Chilwell is, you know, quote unquote, a done deal, uh, according to a lot of people. Um, our center back situation is still up in the air. So we're, we don't really have an idea of what he's trying to do. And I mean, even if you look at the other areas of the pitch, the only defender that Lampard really has at his disposal who plays his type of football is probably Reese James, because Dave is definitely... Um, a, a traditional right back in that sense where he's not as great going forward. And then you got Alonzo and Emerson are both wing backs, a bunch of center backs that, you know, that, I don't want to say a bunch of center backs, but a few center backs that look clueless. Um, but yeah, I, I, Sam, what do you think? Do you really I'm, see like I'm more interested in hearing Andres, Andres thought on this, honestly. Yeah. Cause, cause I'm like, I just don't see it. Like I see him sticking more to the philosophy over the system. Yeah, and I guess here's my reasoning as to I'd rather us be the ones bringing it to the opposition. And I'm literally going to use examples that aren't even Chelsea-related because you guys know how I feel about using the 3-4-3 and then switching back to the 4-3-3 and then going back to the 3-4-3. So I'll just use three different matches from this past week or three teams that play in the past week. You had Bayern Munich versus Barcelona. Barcelona switched from their traditional 4-3-3 to play a 4-4-2 diamond against Bayern Munich, and they looked absolutely lost. Barcelona, regardless of how much of a mess they are this season, is still a top 10 team in the world. They played scared because they thought their tactics weren't going to be strong enough, and they got their asses handed to them. On the other side of that coin, you have Bayern Munich, who has played the 4-2-3-1, which kind of moves into a 4-3-3, but it's the exact same thing the whole season. And this is a Bayern team that plays against the 3-4-3 Dortmund. Who knows what formation Leipzig would use every week against them because they change it all the time, and that's just a Nagelsmann thing. But then against Barcelona, they didn't worry about Messi. They worried about what they could control and stuck to the 4-2-3-1, their style of football, eight goals. And then you have Man City with Pep, who is by far the most like, you know, it's going to be a 4-3-3. 
You know who's going to be in your starting 11. And usually, you know, you can maybe switch one piece here, one piece there, but it's, it's still the same thing every week. They altered to a Lyon 3-5-2 to match their system. And they so got stupid. their ass handed to them too. And my thing is that, like, if we're going to adjust to every team that shows us a different look, we're not an elite team. And that's just the way I think of it. Like, we need to be the aggressors. We don't need to be the ones reacting. And I get that you can play the same style of pressing and whatnot. But if we're going to keep changing that here and there, that's just going to keep adding the confusion for squad building that we have now where we have two wingbacks instead of two leftbacks or one fullback that can be attacking and one fullback that's defensive. And then three or four ball-playing center backs and no bulldozer center back. So yeah. that's why but, I want us to, to just be like, we're going to run the 4-3-3 with attacking eights. And yeah, sure, we'll play Liverpool or, or City in an elimination match. We're like, all right, fold it here. But we should not be having to play a 3-4-3 against Sheffield. Or I think, I think Andreas hell, is making Man this United. point just to take shots at Pep, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> no no like we're not good enough to do that yet but even but, with Werner and Ziyech we're not do, we're, we're not good enough to play 4-3-3 every week how come Sheffield is good enough to run a 3-5-2 all year and could, say fuck everyone else and have the greatest season of their lives Andres Sheffield had to put together the most complex attacking system I've ever seen ever in the Premier League in order to, to get <laughs> any sort it. of success but they did it, but, yeah. They did it, but they were point. defensive. But but no, but they were defensively solid. We're not. That's why it didn't work with us. The three the three four three or three five two, however you want to put it, it didn't work with us because we were still high pressing, and they were getting that, in behind in, 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 into if those defense, channels. But if we already know defense isn't our thing, why switch to three at the back, which is essentially five at the back? Keep going with your attacking eights and put four in the back of the net. Are we going to get three scored on us? Sure. We'll eventually get the defensive players that we need. Like, we don't have them right now. Yeah, I'm hoping that we do this don't. summer. But, like, stick Look, I, to it so that, like, I, if, if one player goes down, the next guy in line knows exactly what to expect, and the teammates know what to expect from that guy, too. If yeah. one player goes down and we have to switch everything, everyone has to switch their way of thinking in the field. Like, yes, a formation is just a formation, but that's different spaces we cover. That's even if we are pressing, it's a different run that you're making. If we yeah, run one formation, no matter what, and it is a counter pressing and crossing and, and overlapping runs, and we just keep doing that. And yes, there will be growing pains, but let's say Reese James gets hurt or God, Lord forgive, it's Mason Mount or somebody super important like that. The next guy in line knows what's expected of him. And the people that are still there don't have to change their whole way of playing because one man goes down. Or one man's not scoring, and and that that's kind of what I'm getting at. If if that's the case, though, and and let's say, I mean, okay, I th I think we're agreeing on the same thing that the ultimate goal is to get there, right? That's the ultimate goal. When you're good enough, like Bayern Munich, like a Liverpool, even the Man City to a certain extent, you could play like that week in and week out and get away with it. But we're we're nowhere near that, and we only have one transfer window where we're actually doing business to try to make the squad as lampard like as we can it that's not a, that's not uh it's not enough time to that's establish 
we don't to need to come into a preseason and say, hey, look, boys, this is what we're going to do. We're going to play the 4-3-3 all year. It doesn't matter who we play. This is going to be our system. These are the runs our wingers make. It's going to turn into sorry ball really, really fast. But it doesn't have to be that way. Like Liverpool's 4-3-3 was the same the moment Conte, uh, not Conte, sorry, Jurgen Klopp got there. They got their ass handed to them plenty of times. And look where they are now. A hundred, almost yeah. 100 points a season average. Their front average. three got upgraded and their back line but got they, upgraded. But they always, like, pre them, Balotelli. But, but, yeah. that, but they always ran the 4-3-3. Three, three. That's what I'm saying. Like, Klopp came no, in, I know. this is how I want to play. The jury, you, the you jury didn't, didn't see it often. The jury's still out, though. I mean, okay, look, if you want to compare us to, you know, the most recent club that established that sort of quote-unquote brand of football, I mean, you look at Liverpool. They added world-class attacking talent. They added world-class defending. They already had a, a pretty solid midfield, but they, they sprinkled in some talent in there with Fabinho and Keita coming in. But that's a team right there that has players who are all peaking at the right age who have had time to play with each other. And you have world-class players in every area of the pitch on that squad. But you're right talking now, about the, lo- the final two years of the five-year plan. I'm talking year one when their was, front line was Lalana, Barini, and Balotelli. It was still a 4-3-3. And Klopp stuck to his guns. And now, like you said, and they did now it, they're and, all but, but, peaking. And now it's like, you don't have Fabinho today? That's fine. You put in Henderson. You don't have well now them today. Fine, Oxley Chamberlain, and they still do the damn thing, and, and that's kind of my point. And, and but but they I'll, missed I'll out. But they missed out on Champions League. So like, but but that th- this is what I'm saying is if you do something like that, you're running the risk of dropping points. At some point, you're gonna drop points. There's gonna be a period of time where a team figures you out, and there will be a period of time where teams figure Frank out. There might be a, a a four or five game skid where Frank is trying to tweak and alter things that he doesn't necessarily find the right thing. He's still relatively unexperienced as well, so that's why I, that's why I think that you know the idea that we can establish a system and a style of football and and play it for four or five years consecutively and just say fuck you to everyone else's tactics, just do us. That's on the cards, but it's it, it's definitely not next season. But anyways, I, we can move on. If anyone was interested, I found that tweet I was talking about earlier. He, uh, the Jorginho <laughs> sorry fan. He said, uh, I will bet my house that my mom is still a virgin than to see Chelsea FC win a trophy under Lampard until his ass gets sacked. I don't. I have no idea what that means. He will bet his house that his mom is still a virgin? I don't know. I, I think he's not a native English speaker and he meant something else. But anyway, uh, let's move on to our next segment. Who should stay? Who should go? Please don't sue us for copyright infringement, The Clash. Uh, I would really appreciate that. <laughs> we just use a little segment of the song. So, yeah, let's let it slide. Um, we know they're big fans of the pod. Yeah, exactly. They'll definitely be listening. Uh, in this segment, we'll be going through the first team players this season, uh, including the loanies, uh, and uh, decide whether we want them to stay for another season, go on loan to develop, or to be sold altogether uh, for spare cash. Uh, all right, so we'll start off with the goalkeepers. Oh, this one should be – this one should be nice. Oh, Keppa. Let's start off with Keppa. Andreas, I'll start off with you. Keppa, should he stay? Should he go? 
He needs to go, and I don't care how. Get the fuck we'll out. Pay, <laughs> we'll pay someone. Loan him, sell him, tell him that the season's canceled, whatever it is. <laughs> no Keppa in the locker room, please. Hashtag cancel Keppa. <laughs> no, sell. Um, I'd like to sell, but we got to be realistic, guys. Um, I don't think anybody's going to... Anybody's gonna come in for him over fifty million, um, and that's being generous. Bite the so, bullet. I think I uh, bite the bullet. I say bite the bullet. Let's get a loan move going, and then with that year, we'll knock another year off his contract. Maybe another eight to ten million off his price tag going into next year. I just don't see it on the cards. But I would love to sell. I would love to never see him in a Chelsea kid again. And I don't say that about a lot of players, but I just kind of had it with him. Um, you know, from his tantrums to the lack of just. Gen- just a general Balls. lack of not giving a shit. He has a lot of Murata about him, and that's what I don't like. Hey, you know, Atletico has a keeper position opening up. You know, since we're getting <sighs> since we're getting Oblak, so you know, maybe we can Listen. loan him to them. <laughs> oh man, yeah, so I had to. Uh, all right, if so we let's... get Oblak, we should play the four three three every game next season. <laughs> I'm down. Uh, so Willie, Willie Caballero, a fan favorite of one Nick Lennartson. Uh, he recently signed an extension, um, so not very likely he's going anywhere. But uh, Zach, I'll start off with you. Should he stay? Uh, Should he go? Keep. Yeah, I mean I, that's not that's not really an easy one to ask about. Yeah. We had Jamie coming on this list as well, but he got loaned out. Um, Jamie just... going. <laughs> nice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Our center backs. Oh. <laughs> Come on, guys. Yeah. Come on. Oh, no, I'm sure, I, so, I'm I sure like Nick Lenartson's going on his morning walk right now laughing and <laughs> listening to this. I guarantee you. I'll give you credit where credit is due. And that one was good. Um, all right, let's go to center backs. I meant I kind of uh, foreshadowed my thoughts of these guys uh, in the last segment. But we'll start off with Rudiger. Uh, Zach, I'll start with you this time. So I say keep. Um, and my logic is because he'd be impossible to sell. Um, I think a lot of teams are kind of turned off by his injury record, and this past season um, was definitely not a good one for him. So any thought of us trying to get anywhere near the 30-plus million we paid for him, what was it, like 32-ish? Um, I, I don't think it's going to happen, so um, I think he'll probably stay. Andreas, what about you? Sell him. He's still uh, internationally capped. I believe he was in the World Cup. No, he, he might have been hurt. No, he was. He, he was, was in the World, World Cup, Cup squad. So I he was. How bad he was. Well, well, not not the Russian one. I was talking about the. No, the World he was Cup in. Pre- oh, the World Cup winning uh, the, squad. Right. Mexico. They, yeah. They actually won. Mm. Carlos anyway. Vela lit him up. Carlos Vela of LAFC, might I add. <laughs> what not a, this year. The point is, sell Rudiger. There's there's suitors out there. Like if Chris Smalling can get signed by Roma, somebody will will come for Rudiger. I think. Thank you for your recruitment efforts. See ya. Yeah, that would be Did they really cool. go after Chris Smalling, or did they go after his haircut? <laughs> I mean, he killed it at Roma. Zach, yeah, you, 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 you peaked at the Jamie going. Jamie joke. going. I think, you, I think that's where you <laughs> peaked. Um, quit, quit while you're ahead. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I think, uh, I'm again, I'm just not – really pleased with Rudiger right now and if we could sell him for 
what's Andreas? What's a number that you you be happy with? Like 20, 25? 25. Yeah, okay. Twenty to twenty-five. If we can get if the first digit is a two, and it is a double-digit fee, <laughs> just to make, just not just, just to make two. Sure I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, two hundred million? Is that, would you be happy with two hundred million? Marina, Marina won't sell them for a loss. I think she would. I mean, I mean, look. Yeah, I think you might be right. Twenty-five so. is good. That, I can. I can just see I can just see Marina holding on to a lot of the deadwood this season just because we wouldn't be able to get our money's worth on a lot of them. Like we have money in the bank, so yeah, that's why we should, we we can take the cut because everyone doesn't have any money. Period. So well, like, then why 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 would does is a is is a loan spell out of the question? I mean, kind yeah, of a similar thing as Chris Smalling. I don't know. Well, Chris Smalling is thirty years old. How old is? I guess Rudiger? the difference. I guess the difference is that like Chris Smalling, that that was his like last resort. Like there was zero chance he was gonna be playing at. Nobody United. was gonna buy him. Right. Yeah. I think we can find, we can definitely find somebody for Rudiger where That's it's his fair. return to Germany. He's, he still he has a good reputation in, in Germany. Yeah. In, in Germany and Italy. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. and but he I, can play in a back three, and, quote unquote, can play on a back four. Mm-hmm. He just can't be the primary center back. Yeah. The, but the reason why I say loan spell is just because, you know, if, if we're going to uh, give into what Zach's saying about, you know, Marina not trying, going to sell him for a loss. Like she doesn't sell him, for losses. Keeping him for Stories. another year. Well, Murata we sold for a loss. But, you know, keep, keeping him for another year, is his value going to be increased playing for us or for whatever team he's loaned out for, you know? And after next year, yeah. we can get more for that. I mean, that's the whole... I mean, that that's the whole thing we got in trouble for uh, with the loans. Like we literally just did it to we we bought them lower. I mean, obviously it's not the same exact scenario, but we bought them, put them on loan spells to increase their value, and sold them, you know, for a profit. So I, I, don't, I think he's twenty seven years old. Obviously, that's old. You know, that's not the the same same kind of scheme. But you know, it, it, I think it's 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 uh, it's it's, it's a possibility but they just changed the rules for loans too i think they put a limit going, on yeah i think it's going to be eight next it's... next season or the year after and they're going to move yeah. it down to six uh from what so, i remember so we gotta be so weird... we gotta be careful with our loan that's true you know loan with arm, who we loan i think i think the only army. players yeah i think our loan army is going to be primarily focused on like the youth. the guys who actually have upside right okay let's as move... opposed to just making like mill or two here and there all right let's move on Kurt Zuma, I know I started off with you for the last one, Zach, but I'm going to start off with you again here because this is your boy. Uh, boy. What do we do with Kurt Zuma? We keep Kurt Zuma. He's been our best fucking center back all season. And I don't care. Like, this is this is the huge thing is, um, you know, we can get the best fee for Zuma, um, but I don't buy into that. You just look at the performances he put in. You can argue that his tackle against Crystal Palace kept us in the top four. Um, he's been way too important for for us to let him go, and it's not a coincidence that you know managers like Mourinho fell in love with him instantly, and you know guys like Frank Lampard are now you know coaching guys like Lampard are coaching him now and seeing you know what he can do for the club. You got to keep him by any means necessary. Yeah, I hate I hate the rumor that he's the first name. Yeah, in the too. selling list because, again, he's the perfect, I guess, beta to an alpha CV like center back. 
the guy is is going to be your like you tell him where to go and he's going to get there like if you have the brains next to him he just needs to do what the brain tells him to do and he will he's got the physicality he's got surprisingly still even after the the knee injury the pace like he just can't be the guy that's aware of what the other three people are doing so i'm hoping that it's center back plus zuma next season i i really think he needs to stay um i know we're about to move on to the next one we were talking about why we needed to sell rudiger if we don't sell him this season we get ourselves into the position where next season it's his final season and then we're definitely not going to get any money for him so yeah, that's why i'm still sticking for rudiger and, and also, contract expires in 2022. And also, I know you you made a comment about putting a a brain next to Zuma, and that's I don't think that you meant that to say like that he's not a smart player because he does make, I think he does make the right decision often. Um, as far yeah, as his timing and tackles is great. Like mm-hmm. it's it's not about when I say the brain, I just mean it takes a, a specific mind to to be aware of what your whole back line is doing, mm-hmm. and. And some players just don't have that. Not not every single person is rotating their head every three seconds, a la Van Dyke or heck, even Fabregas in center mid. Like mm-hmm. some people just don't have that level of awareness. And, yeah, yeah. And that's he's a I, great he, he's a great accessory player to somebody who's a leader. Right. I, I, yeah. I, like like you look at what he did with JT under Mourinho. Exactly. Exactly. You put a leader next to him that yeah. could tell him exactly where to go, who to mark. You know what positions to fill. I think he could flourish. Yeah, we're and on, he's done that this season. Yeah, where on the other hand, Rudiger, I think he is lacking a brain. Just makes so many, so many mistakes. <laughs> so many. Rudiger and Zuma are actually very similar in no. stylistically speaking. Like, like if you're talking about the way mm-hmm. they play football, they're they're very similar, and that's why they don't work because they're Rudiger both accessory uh, center backs. I feel like he doesn't know how to run properly. Like this guy, he he's just like he really looks like a like a. Listen, I'm not going to sit here. No, no, I don't want to turn into that podcast that just bashes our own players. (laughs) Hey, that's not what I'm hoping that we sell him. So, you know, he won't be our player for much longer if if we're right. But let's move on to our next player. Um, Andreas, I'll give it to you since you are also Andreas. But uh, let's talk about Andreas (laughs) Christensen. Do we keep him? Do we sell him? It's time to sell him. I think. I think it's time for him to go as well. I'm another player that like Zach mentioned is an accessory to a leading center back. I just rather give those minutes to the next center back we talk about than to him anymore because it's just Christensen is a back three center back. Like if he wants to start every week, he needs to go play somewhere that uses a back three. And trust me, I've said this multiple times when we talk about him. I think he'll be fantastic wherever he goes and plays in a back three, but he he just doesn't have the physicality or the confidence in himself to play in a back four in the Premier League. So I think it's time to, you know, he's got a long-term contract so we can get a good amount of money for him. He's still young. He's an international player. Sell him. This is, this is a tricky one for me. Um, because I know, you know, we talk about Zuma being the first name on the list and we could get a high fee. I think we could get a higher fee for Christensen um, just purely based on potential. 
um, because there are still a lot of clubs around Europe that do think he still has that potential. And I think Chelsea still thinks that as well. Zuma is the first name on the sell list. Um, but I, I just have this gut feeling, guys. If we sell him, like Andres said, he's going to be amazing wherever he goes, especially if he goes somewhere um, to like Spain or Italy um, where the games are a lot slower and the games are going to be played a lot more in front of him. That's what, that's where he thrives. So I just think this could potentially be um, a De Bruyne situation, maybe not on the same level, um, but there's definitely caution if we do sell him. But if I'm going to be honest, I'm still sticking to my guns. I, I, I keep Zuma. Um, I still don't think, you know, selling Rudiger is realistic this season. And, and I think, you know, Christensen might be the one to go. All right, let's move on to the next one. Tamori, Zach, I'll start off with you just to add on to what you were saying. He needs a loan. Um, I think he had a tough year. He started out really well. Um, and then, you know, he ran into a couple injury problems, fell out of the rotation. Um, and I think that's where we really saw how raw he was as a footballer still, um, both in his decision-making and on the ball. So um, I think a loan move to another Premier League club would ideal um, would be ideal. And, you know, you also get the added benefit of it opening up another center back slot for a potential arrival, assuming we keep the other three guys, because we have to take that into consideration. There is a possibility these, you know, Christensen, Rudiger and Zuma could all still be here next year. Um, you know, don't say that. it's a possibility. Don't you know, speak it into existence. <laughs> what do you think about Tamori Andres? I think, it, like you said, it just depends on the squad that we end up building. So I would love to keep Tamori just because I think he could get a lot more from playing alongside a strong figure. I think that if we loan him, you run the risk of, especially since he's young, you run the risk of the team, wherever he ends up, not ending up using him or keeps him on the bench for everything, which is something we could do ourselves. So if we can get a leading candidate at center back and can get rid of one or two of the others, then I say keep them. Now, like you said, if we sign one and we keep Christensen or, or Rudiger and Zuma still here, then yeah, you got to loan him because you don't want to stunt his progress because he did. he was the player of the year at Derby. He had a very good start for us last season. Lord knows why he never came back. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that he has to get minutes. But if it's going to be at, in a low – like if, if we're going to go for a team that's a good team where he might not be the outright starter, I'd rather keep him here and just make sure he's option number three yeah. for center backs than to risk a crappy loan. You don't want another Ampadu situation with Correct. Tamori because because he's at the age, what is he, 22 now? He's at the age where he needs to be playing, um, if not every game, every other game. And speaking of Ampadu, he, he's our first loanee to come back that we're going to be talking about. Um, Andreas, I'll start off with you. Ethan Ampadu, what do you do with him? What do you do? You keep do? him. What do you do, Ampadu? What do you, nice. Ampadu? You keep him. You keep him. Ampadu. We talk about lacking leaders, and this kid has that at his age. Like yeah. this dude, when he first stepped on the field for us under Conte, was shouting at guys that could be his dad. And you want that 
we talk about lacking bite. He's got it. He, he is the starting defensive mid for Wales. He yeah. can play both at center back and DM. Again, right. I'm, I'm, right I'm, he has played right back too. I just, I don't, I keep bringing this comparison back when it comes to Ampadu. I think he can be, this is such a, like, I just see so much Joshua Kimmich in him. I just do. And, and I know that everyone knows Kimmich as of what he does now. And he's one of the, arguably the best defensive mid slash right back in the world. But early stage Kimmich under Pep had a very similar profile to Ampadu. And I think that this season, now with the whole defensive mid and attacking eights situation, is perfect timing for Ampadu to come back. All right, now let's move on to the fullbacks. Uh, we'll start off with Dave. This one shouldn't be too long. Zach, I'll start off with you. Uh, could I just speak on all of our behalves? Sure. Andreas? Keep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep them for sure. I don't think there's any logic or reasoning. I mean, maybe you could say that he's not fast enough at this point of his career to really play fullback at a consistent, you know, like on a consistent basis. Maybe he's more of a center back now, but you know, even if that's the case, he's, we're going to need him next year. Um, all right, let's move on to our other right back. Reese James, Andreas. Is, is, is this a tough one? <laughs> yeah, this, let me, let me think about this. Uh, keep. Just keep. Exactly. No, there's no questions. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think I think the center back discussion is a lot more uh, in depth than what we have to talk about these two at least. <laughs> uh, Marcus Alonso, though, this one might might be a, a little bit have a little bit better discussion. Andre, I mean, I'll start with you, Zach. Actually, um, Marcus Alonso, he um, yeah. as a backup, he's not half bad. He could play against the lower half of the table teams, and I'm I don't get too worried. And uh, it's not like we'd get a high fee for him anyways. I think he's going to score more goals than, um, you know, the fee that we'd get for him. So, yeah, keep. You keep him. 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 We saw the stats of Alonzo starting for us and what he brings to the table as to points per match. I mean, the guy's not aesthetically pleasing in his game. So if we figure out the center back position – Alonzo's game will look better too, so yeah. keep him. Right, let's move on to the next guy, and uh, <laughs> this one should also be quick. I mean, uh, Frank chose him to be uh, our starting left back in a crucial second leg mat- uh, matchup against Bayern. <laughs> Emerson, <laughs> it's, it's a shame that uh, it's, a, it's it's a surprise that he fell out of rotation. Um, I, I'll start with you, Andreas Emerson. Do we? Keep him I know, man. It's such a crazy, crazy thing that he fell out of this rotation with his whopping one assist in three years at Chelsea, man. What a guy. Hey, you hey, two assists if you count that goal because it was not an actual goal. <laughs> you know which one I'm talking about. Yeah, it's – you sell him. Sell him. Juve or Inter want him, sell him. Get him out of here. It's for a loss too. I don't care. Yeah, Nobody cares. No, sell. we gotta sell him. Yeah, we we bought him for cheap. Sell him for cheap. Get mm-hmm. out of here. All right, Ian Matson coming back uh, from loan. Uh, Zach, what what would you do with Ian Matson? You gotta send him right back out on loan. Mm-hmm. No, he's not on loan. He wasn't on loan, was he? No, he's, he wasn't. He's, he's oh, you're chilling. right. 
You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, right. but now it's right. time to send them on loan. Right, yeah, you're right. It definitely is. I don't think a Premier League loan, no. I think uh, no. definitely like a championship loan or maybe even like a loan to Vitesse or something. Um, I, I think a championship loan would be good. He's Dutch, right? Games. I believe he is, yeah. yeah. He so is. Why not to the Netherlands? That's what I was saying, yeah. I think Vitesse might be a good option for him, him and Broja. All right, let's move on to the midfield. Uh, this one should be quick. Kova, Andreas, <laughs> are you are, are you still on the Kova crew? or? <laughs> nah, man, I've had a change of heart. No, of course not. You keep him. You keep him. Simple. Okay. You keep him. He fills multiple roles. Keep him. Mason Mount, Zach, I'll, I'll, what about you? Mason Mount. We could keep him, and we, we can make him captain while we're at it. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> keep him. We're, we're cutting that. I like, cutting that I like how Zach, in the script, he wrote, let's make him captain while we're at it. Shut up, Zach. Already anticipating what we were going to say. Oh, no, I wrote that. I oh, wrote you did? Oh. Yeah, you did. <laughs> oh, damn, it's not as funny anymore. Um, all right, in goal Conte, Zach, uh, I'll start Keep. off with you. Inter Milan Keep. interested in him. Is that is Keep. that true? Keep. Okay. Why? Because <laughs> he's in Golo Conte. Look, nobody's gonna pay the price that he's actually worth in COVID, especially Inter. Um, <laughs> and like, uh, imagine Inter trying to pay a transfer fee for Angolo Conte. They're gonna have to. They'll wind up paying us that fee over the span of what, like, ten years. They'll pro- they'll propose like a twelve year loan option. No, we gotta keep him. He's our best midfielder, and, and we saw what he can do at the base of midfield um, with Lampard's style of football. So it's a no-brainer. Yep. Okay. Cool. I think it's I think it's a curious, you know, I, idea like thought. What's the word? Like thought game, the uh, whether to keep him or not. But I think that the biggest factor is COVID. Whether people, whether teams are gonna be able to pay his true worth. Uh, but who knows? Who knows? I think I think it's 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 not completely out of the realm of possibility. Um, all right, let's move on to my guy. Hop onto the Barkley bus. Let's talk oh. about Ross Barkley. Uh, Zach, I'm gonna start off with you because I like your answer way more than Andreas's. <laughs> <laughs> we keep Ross Barkley as squad player and FA Cup All Star. Yeah, man, come on, this guy's. <sighs> So it's a shame he didn't start in the FA Cup final. Oh we we can blame we can blame Frank on that 100. percent Andreas, oh well, no, I'll, I'll, no, whatever. Enough, let's hear. enough, guys, enough. Ross Barkley built up. He did us a favor. He finished the season strong. He's looking great, rising that stock. Let's sell him now. Look, I get it. FA Cup performances are great. But let's look at our depth chart for two positions on the field going into next season. So the two attacking eights, we got Kai Havertz, one. You got Mason Mount, two. Mateo Kovacic, three. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, four. Let's say... Is Ruben Loftus-Cheek above in your pecking order? Above Ross Barkley? A healthy healthy Loftus-Cheek, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a big if. Or if we do do attacking eights, I still think... That's where Billy Gilmore is going to develop into because, in my mind, Ethan Ampadu is the backup to Conte. So that's five players ahead of Ross Barkley that are going to get minutes. 
if we're looking I, at it in a business sense, I think you made the best point as far as what he did to imp- improve his his value at the end of the season. Because yeah. if he didn't do that, it would be like right. Well, it would be impossible. We would probably get only fifteen. Yeah. But we would probably only get the fifteen we paid for him. But I think now we can push like towards closer to twenty twenty five. Yeah, he probably doubled his value. English. He probably doubled his value. Exactly. It doesn't. Yeah. He hasn't been hurt since he came back to us. Mm -hmm. Like, so the injury shouldn't be an issue anymore. No, but he's been. Which is why we got him at cut price. He's been carried out of twelve clubs, pissed drunk since he joined us. Okay, that's a. Did you guys see that picture of him in Mykonos? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And he's still banging in goals in the FA Cup. A mid-table side that wants to make an FA Cup run would love a Ross Barkley. Mm -hmm. Sell him, get some money in. To get one of our transfer targets. Come on, yeah, guarantee to at least make it to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. I think that's a good oh. bargain. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm still I'm still undecided. If if we need the funding to bring in, uh, you know, like if it's gonna come down for like Chilwell and and uh, Havertz and like we need money to make the deal happen or else it, it one of them won't. I'm down. Let let's get rid of him, and I think we can get more than 15 million for him. Like I think we I'm not opposed to selling him. Well, yeah, I'm really not opposed to selling him, but I just I'm think sure. as a squad <laughs> player, he's ideal, and the price we bought him at, we really wouldn't be taking that big of a loss if we kept him. All right, let, let's move on to Jorginho. This one should be good. Um, I mean, uh, Zach, I'll start off with you. What what do you what do you how do you where does Jorginho sit with you currently? Anything in and around the realm of 50 million, I think we get Jorginho um, because we have to fund a few, at least three more moves before the window closes. Um, so just for the sake of funding those moves, I say we move Jorginho on because out of all the guys that are possibly on the chopping block, I think he's the highest value. Andreas, what about you? I think he's going to be the hardest player to sell because he is just such a unique style of play where unless a manager's playing that way he's not he doesn't fit multiple molds so the the move is to sell him because we've moved away from the regista like no matter what we think like there is no place and Jorginho's not going to pack on 30 pounds of muscle so here's the thought you sell him I don't know so like obviously here's one thought if Maurizio Sarri gets picked up by a club, I think the first, you know, rumor is going to be how he's interested in buying him. And I think we, we, we've never seen Pirlo manager, manage before. He's coming in. You know, maybe he he is going, you know, like his play style was a regista. So maybe he needs to bring in someone like that to Juve. And, you know, that, that could also bring up his value a little bit because i know what you're saying right now andreas that he like he's kind of like a you know like does not fit into most teams currently but i think the way that sorry plays obviously can use him and we don't know how Pirlo is going to play at juve um and that was always so we don't know if sorry is going to have a job yeah yeah no, that's, that, that's what i'm saying for sure i mean if a team picks him up i i think it might be a year uh until he gets another offer you know just his his reputation, I don't feel, I'm not as down on it as you guys are, just because I, his reputation in Italy is still really strong. He's still really highly regarded over there. So I think multiple clubs will be in for him. But I don't necessarily think million, it has to but be. The, but you're not going to get that $50 million you're asking for. 
Yeah, true. You know, I, yeah, who knows? I, I, like, I, I don't like think the, the clubs that can spend it, like Juve saw my game with, with Pirlo, they, they are thirsty for selling their own players. You're right. And we read earlier that Pirlo is trying to sign the new Pirlo in Tenali so that he can just mold him into his clone. So there's your quote-unquote Jorginho player. Damn so it. I think, yeah, it's exactly. Right. Damn well, it, it's I, the right one. I just thought of that right now. I didn't think too we're much. Cornered, we're cornered. We're <laughs> Jorginho, cornered. Jorginho is just as hard to sell as Kepa in my mind right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, and I think he's he's lost his spot in the club, and I don't see him fitting uh, in our – you know, like he, when we bring in uh, – if we bring in Havertz next year, we'll, we'll rarely see Jorginho on the. Especially, and if we keep in goal, Conte yeah. and he's healthy. Um, all right, let's move on. Billy the Goat, unfortunately, season was cut short uh, with, an, with surgery on, on his knee, I believe it was. Um, but, Zach, w- w- what are your thoughts on him? I think that going into the, um, the restart, we are all really high on him. And unfortunately, of course, he, he had a couple bad starts and then in the knee injury to shut him down but what do you think about him at this point you gotta be careful i think we have to keep him um you know he is coming off a a pretty significant injury so um it's tough you know i i wouldn't mind him taking this season um you know with a lot of precautions similar to the way we approach the season with guys like cho or loftus cheek just so he can rehab it and be back out on the pitch sometime soon next season I don't think it's wise to loan a player right off an injury. Um, I think you have to keep them at the club to at least build their confidence and, and get them into some sort of decent form before loaning them out. But uh, regardless, Billy Gil- Billy Gilmore is not a player that I'm willing to loan. I think he's going to be too valuable for us, um, if not this season, next season. But, um, yeah, I would keep him. Yeah, you keep him. Unfortunately, like, we, we... – Technically, shouldn't even be talking about this because by the time the window closes in October, he's still not healthy. Yeah. So you're not gonna. It's there true. is no. There is no time to even get a loan deal for him, and nobody's gonna come in for a player who's been injured in January either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You keep him, and in the capital or capital one, I always say this: the Carabao Cup in the in 2021. If we're still in it, that's when he gets his minutes, and and let him stay here. He's only 19. He can play with the U23s while he gets healthy, like Zach said. Keep him. All right, let's move on. Um, next one, RLC. Andreas, I'll start off with you. What are your thoughts on RLC? It's the final countdown. <laughs> Please this don't is... sue us. <laughs> this is Loftus-Cheek's final chance. Yeah. And that sounds awful because I love Loftus-Cheek, but the man can't stay healthy. And while he has so much potential, if he can't, on the field there is no potential to 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 get to so this is his last chance to show that he can one stay healthy and two show us that he can still do what he did under sorry because we can't keep waiting for him to come back the club needs to move forward and continue to grow and that's gonna have to be with or without him so you keep him and and Loftus cheek, you better come hit the ground running and yes, stay healthy. Exactly. Yeah, this is this is definitely his last chance um, to put together a body of work that's both consistent health wise and production wise. Um, we have to keep him. Um, 
and if it doesn't work out this season, I, I think we have to start looking. Um, we have to start looking at other options, like Andres said. All right, we'll finish up the midfield uh, talking about Connor Gallagher coming back. Um, Zach, do you have any thoughts on him? I saw him. Uh, I didn't watch him too much during the season, but I did watch a championship playoffs, um, and I liked what I saw from him. Um, but what also I did see is a player that doesn't necessarily look um, ready for Chelsea's first team. I, I still think he's pretty raw, his decision-making as well. He's he, similar to Tamori where – they have the physical attributes to succeed, um, but they just need the minutes and the experience under their belt. So I'm all for loaning him, um, but I don't want to see him go to the championship again. I want to see him somewhere in the Premier League. Loan him. Mm-hmm. All right, let, let's finish up talking about the attack. Uh, all right, Pulisic, don't think we need to really need to talk about that. Uh, Cho, Zach, what are, what are your thoughts on Cho? I think Cho has a little bit more time than Ruben. Um, I'd say he probably has about two more seasons. Um, but I think the main thing for Cho this year is to start to put together um, goals and assists, to start racking them up. Um, because we, we saw his flashes of his potential. We saw him starting to get more comfortable taking contact later in the season. He was probably our only good player against Bayern um, at times. So um, I would like to keep him, um, and I think he'll probably be our third or fourth option on the wing. Andreas. Keep him. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, this one, this is a good one because uh, I don't agree with you guys. So uh, this should be interesting. Tammy Abraham. <laughs> uh, Andreas, I'll start off with you. Well, actually, you no, you know what? Uh, okay, I'll, I'm going to start off with Zach because he's the uh, leader of Team Tammy. Team Tammy, keep. I don't know why you disagree with me. <laughs> okay, this is why. Okay, listen. he, I, I don't see him being happy next year being the third striker on our squad. I mean, I know there's going to be a lot of rotation and he'll get his opportunity, but he's still young. And looking back at him being the second striker behind Giroud, I mean, we, we weren't working with a lot of guys that needed rotation. It was them two. And Giroud constantly getting the start over him. You could tell his attitude was not the best. I mean, I think it really did get to his head. And I do think a loan spell, probably in the Premier League uh, to another team, w- would do a lot for his confidence. And, you know, we still have Mishibachuai. He could be our third striker, oh and I mean, obviously, oh. if we if we loan him out, we I think that Jesus. it would be unwise to sell him. Uh, but if we, you know, we'll we'll talk about Mishi in a little bit. But if we do keep Tammy, then obviously I'm all for selling him. But I I don't know. I just don't I don't envision him having a positive season next year on us. And I think it'll be better mutually for the club and for him. Uh, to have him play somewhere else. He is so young. Yeah. Okay. He is not a first. He he. Listen. I don't I don't buy the his attitude sucks thing because everything I've read, he's the guy staying after practice, uh, and and having Frank show him shooting techniques. Like he's he is he is actively working to get better. Sure. I I think next season, our model is or I, the idea of bringing in a guy like Werner 
and keeping guys like Drew and Tammy is so we have like you know a, a, the trifecta. We have a target man, we have a, a poacher slash goal scorer, and then we have a guy that could play in between the lines and in behind. It's there is no way Tammy Abraham is not wearing a Chelsea jersey next. Okay, next but what season. team in the Premier League has three strikers that consistently get playing time? They're not going to consistently get playing time. The beauty of having a squad with this much talent and this much depth is you get the same competition that teams like Liverpool, teams like Real Madrid in their heyday had, teams like PSG are having now, where you have so much talent in certain areas of the pitch that it almost elevates everyone else's game around them. And that's that's what's going to happen with Tammy. There's legitimate competition here. And this is the make it or break it. If Tammy's a true professional and like and a, and a footballer that actually wants to become you know the number nine for Chelsea in the future then he stays and he works at it he's not going to become you know our our number nine forever next season he was never going to be that for us this season either yeah but also think about Giroud's timeline okay next season I envision him having a similar amount of production as he did this year but how about Mm -hmm. the year after that I think that is when Tammy coming in would regain that second spot and then drew would be the third guy and the comp what you're saying would make more sense then but one thing we're one thing we are glossing over though is the fact that drew pretty much had a good attitude about being the number two all season yeah i'm not he worried about issue. i'm not worried about drew he didn't I'm have an issue about tammy so I, I, i'm not worried about tammy i think there's enough quality there where we'll see something at some point in the season that'll kind of spur him on He's not going to be scoring 15 goals in the Premier League again because Werner. We're going to assume that Werner is going to be playing the nine. So, you know, numbers wise, I don't see him being as productive. But in terms of improving as a player and getting minutes and being a productive member of the squad, I think Tammy's Tammy's going to stay 100. And, and, and he's everything do you're well. saying right now, getting the minutes and like that, that why is he's that's, going, there? There, that's, there are going to be minutes. I know, but that's. There's going to be more if he's on loan. Like, no. th- he's 22 years old. This was his first year back. I don't know. I, I, that's the way I feel. And You don't come not, into Chelsea's first team this season and score 15 Premier League goals and go out on loan. Okay, next 15 in the first 21, half. 22. He scored like it doesn't matter. I, it, it, but, I don't know. But, but that doesn't matter. I, that, it, you, you're right. You make a point. But you have to admit, I'm making a good Andres, point. Andres, help me out here, man. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm before. in the keep i'm in the keep camp and and so maybe my train of thought will help you see how tammy still gets minutes so yeah it, our strongest 11 if we play a 4-3-3 it's gonna be Werner over tammy but Werner played off of polson the other striker at leipzig a lot mm-hmm. and if we're gonna play against the team that runs a high line maybe we'll be a lot more direct and maybe our front three at that point is something along the lines of Polisic, Tammy, Werner, or yeah. or something like that, where you put Werner, you slide him over because his speed is still comparable to the best wingers out there, and Tammy's still quick and big, so he can still be, you know, we can pump balls over the line, and then he can use his body. So my train of thought is that I see Giroud's role diminishing as the season goes on. Yeah, 110%. And, like okay. I think, I think Giroud's extension it's for is honestly more of an extension through January. Okay. Yeah. And then exactly. January, there is no extension anymore, and Giroud either looks for a Bosman and walks in the summer, 
or maybe we get a good offer in January and we won't mm-hmm. refuse it this time. That's my train of thought. Okay, and, I think that's fair. And again, we're starting the season in October or September. The Premier League schedule this year, I don't know if you guys have seen the way they're trying to set it up. It is rough. Yeah, like, it is. We're like playing congested? extremely congested. Which the is why I period think, times two, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's entire. Like you said, not many teams have three strikers for this season. Yeah, thank God we have three strikers. That's that's, that's the point I hadn't considered because I didn't know that. But I think knowing that now, that does change my opinion a little bit. But still, I I think. Uh, I, I think and I agree he, with you. Alone, yeah. alone to a team like, like. He was amazing at Aston Villa. Those people would take him back in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And Aston Villa is going to need to fight for every point again this season because, let's be real, Jack Grealish staying is very unlikely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I get it. I get your point on a loan. Yeah, no, I... But I also see what Zach means. You can't, you can't quote-unquote, punish a guy for scoring 15 goals. <laughs> he played way too well. I don't know if that's to, a punishment, to say, but I think hey, you're right. Hey, you know what? Let me put my arm around you and caress you while I tell you that you need to go on loan to the bottom half of the table club after wearing the number nine for Chelsea the last 12 months. Our last striker, our last starting striker didn't score what you did, but you're getting shipped out and we gave him three seasons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and some, even if your situation panned out and Tammy got loaned and we kept Mishi, we would still have two strikers. Fuck that. Mishi, Mishi, never, Mishi, never Mishi is virtually invisible on the pitch under Lampard. Okay, so yeah. Um, All right. Let, and let, let's move on though. I, I, yeah. I, let's just I, say I Mishi, think... sell, 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 Mishi, sell, 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 sell. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll we'll skip that. Mishi, sell. Uh, unless Tammy gets loaned, of course. I'm just kidding. Uh, no. Ali Giroud. I think we can all agree. That there's no. There's no need to sell him. There's no. I mean, unless what what Andrea said. In January, if something comes up and right. Tammy is, is is solidified himself as number two, then who knows? Um, Armando Broja, uh, I, I mean, I, is, would everyone agree that he should be another loney? Yes. Okay. I like the look of him. Yeah, I yeah. want to see him going alone. Cool. All right. All right. Let's move on to our next section. Player of the season. Uh, this is a. Uh, Chelsea specific, uh, specific. So um, I can't pick Bruno Fernandez. No, sorry, unfortunately. Oh, man, yeah, you're gonna have to pick someone else, Zach. Sorry, sorry to all the football fans that watch their football through Instagram and memes and not the actual. And match. only the last so. two months of the season. <laughs> yeah, Zach, you start off. Um, so I know Andres is gonna pick Kovacic, um, but I think he could like easily. Like everybody should. <laughs> I, I, listen, I, I agree with you, um, but I, I think you can definitely make a case for Mason Mount as well. So I'm going to take a moment to shout him out um, because he played damn near every game he was available. Guy hardly gets injured. He hit 50 first team appearances in his first season, which is frankly, that's nuts. Um, frankly. <laughs> frankly, yeah. And 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 he does personify Frank's style of football. So, you know, frankly. he's a yes man. He plays <laughs> frankly. Frankly, he plays multiple positions. Um, he plays, you know, he could play as a deep line midfielder, an attacking eight, a, a, a more uh, natural ten, left wing, right wing. We've we've seen him pretty much play anywhere um, across the front line in midfield, and his pressing definitely sets a tone for us and and the team. And he kind of personifies 
as a player, if you were to single one out what Lampard is trying to do, I think he watched the way Mason Mount plays, and you can easily identify what Lampard is trying to go for, what style of football he's trying to go for. So um, I think the next step for him uh, going into next season is obviously scoring more goals and, and creating more. Um, so once he adds that to his locker, I think we I think we have a mini Frank on our hands. But um, I'm I'm not mad at at Andres picking Kovacic. I mean, I do I really need to even explain why it should be Kovacic? Yeah, like as he's a Chelsea the glue. fan, he's the glue of our midfield. I said that Dude, all season. Everything, man. Like, oh, Golo Conte is out. Oh, how do we start our season? Mateo Kovacic steps in. We win like seven games in a row overperforming he is making Jorginho look like a baller in a double pivot which is so hard to do um hey he scored a winning goal this season we didn't expect that last year we won a goal thanks to him whipped it in I guess I think it was against Everton and the man like he's not a clean tackler but the guy is going to come back and chase you down and slide tackle you from behind to get the ball let me just clarify that the guy's gonna dribble through three people to then find an open pass in the final third like he's the glue like zach said and he was our most consistent and above average performer all season and we missed him like when when we weren't playing well we usually were wondering like when can kovacic come back he's yeah. our player of the season can i say ross barkley or <laughs> no I'm, I'm off to side with andreas here I, I think uh, Kova definitely was the glue that held us together. And without him, I, I have no idea where we would be. Without uh, Mason Mount, I think we would be relatively the same of where we finished. Like not, obviously not as good, but I, I see what you're saying, Zach. Uh, it, it's, it's valid. Um, let's Mount's move. definitely number two. Yeah, I think he's number two. I think, I think Mount could be our most Pulisic, important player. Pulisic was also was also really important towards the end, but if we're going right, to take yeah. the whole season as a whole, then yeah. um, I think Kova. All right, let's move on to the goal of this season. Uh, we actually got this as a as a Twitter question from at Nacho Fuentes. Uh, shout out to Venezuela. He says, <laughs> it's amazing to be a part of the amazing community you guys have built since I discovered you guys in the beginning of the year. Keep up the great work. Oh, thanks Thanks, Nacho. I love I love tooting my own horn. Uh, what do you guys think was the best goal of the season? For me, it has to be Tamori Strike versus Wolves. I mean, that was an absolute screamer. I, that was I, that was out of nowhere and really set high expectations for him for the rest of the season that he I don't <laughs> think he lived up to. But that was unfair for us to uh, attach so much weight to it. Uh, I'll, but Andreas, what was the goal of the season for you? Man, my goal of the season, I didn't do enough research to remember what game or who we were playing, but it was the game where a ball was crossed into the box. Tammy, instead of forcing like an awkward shot, chests the ball with his back to goal to an incoming Mason oh. Mount who volleys the ball to like the roof Lester. of the net. Was it was Lester? against Leicester, right? The second time yeah. we played Leicester, right? Yeah. Oh, my days. What a freaking goal. Like, that is, like, chemistry Jeez. 100. Yeah. Like, oh, have you guys played with each other for a long time? I don't know. Boom. Chess. Volley. Goal. Beauty. That was my goal of the season. Zach. Um, 
great mention. I'm gonna go Pulisic against City. That's yes. that. That to me was the goal that announced him to the world. Um, a lot of question marks over the American, you know, nationality and, um, you know, his his goal scoring record at Dortmund wasn't great. Um, and you know, I it, it's funny because I say this is the goal that announced him, but but we forget he had a hat trick against Burnley and and a few goals in between and assist in the Champions League at Ajax, but. This one I felt like turned the tide of the general feeling towards him, most most particularly from the English fan base. Um, I think this was the oh shit, like he's for real moment uh, for a lot of them. So the finish itself was brilliant. It was against a top keeper, um, I have to add. Um, the the buildup kind of yeah. showed you everything that he's about. You know, winning the ball in a dangerous area of the pitch baiting Mendy by slowing down, putting on the brakes, and then slamming his foot on the gas and just kind of exploding for pace to get away from. I think it was who, – who was it? Gundogan? And, yeah, uh, Gundogan and Mendy. It was Gundogan and Mendy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the finish was composed. It was beautiful. It was it was Hazard-esque. It, it really was. It, it was the kind of finish where he was going one-on-one with the keeper, and I'm like, oh, God, please don't sky it. Please don't sky it. That was a very easy opportunity to miss. Um, so it was it was a great finish. I that's definitely the goal of the season for me and a lot of size screen. Yeah. But oh, I was, on a, oh, you stole exactly really quick, what though, I was going to say. Uh-huh. So, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but really quick, I want an honorable mention to Reese James's goal, uh, our fourth goal against Ajax. That was the loudest I've ever screamed as a Chelsea fan since, uh, <laughs> oh, since 2012. Yeah. That was ludicrous. I need to rewatch that full match. That was the most insane game, but I think it was, yeah. I think the Pulisic goal against City. That was the loudest I ever screamed for a goal. Um, I mean, literally, my cats were on the ran to the opposite side of the house because they were so terrified of me. Uh, I I think it it's it will resonate a lot more for us since we're American. But just seeing that and just the conversation about him completely shifted after that moment, and. He really did pick up his game after that. It gave him a lot of confidence. Um, and I think that's when the world really opened their eyes up and accepted the fact that he could be a star player in this league uh, and one of the top players in the world if uh, you know he, he continues to improve his game. But that was for sure. I don't think I'll ever forget that moment. I will never forget that goal. That was That was my favorite moment of the year for sure. All right. This one should be a quick one. <laughs> Disappointment of the season. Can we just all agree that it was Keppa? Yeah. And <laughs> our center much. backs. And our, yeah, our, uh, we'll, we'll group them all as a defense as a whole. Uh, just really, <laughs> really Back terrifying. central three. Right. <laughs> Back central three. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, what a, what a shit show this Keppa situation turned out to be. It, I mean, it... It makes me just hate Courtois even more for the shit that he pulled, uh, and us because of that losing out on Allison reportedly. But I I choose to believe that that's the truth, and I really do think that's what happened. But ugh, fuck both of them. Why can't we just yeah. find the next Peter Check and just get it over with, and just have him for the next ten years and not have to worry about the next keeper? <laughs> All right, let's move on to our Twitter questions. This one is uh, from Jimmy Bahama, fan favorite. Uh, he asks, how true do you think this is? Uh, from the price that was reported before, uh, 
I would have had one of the lesser priced ones just as a good option. Spend money, spend that money on goalkeeper center back. So he's talking about um ben according Chilwell. yeah, Ben Chilwell. So according to David Pastor at We Ain't Got No History, Chelsea have reached a breakthrough in talks with Chilwell. Apparently he's packed his bags at Leicester's training ground and Chelsea Medicals in the next couple of days. Uh, you know, we've got our inside sources, but we can't confirm nor <laughs> deny the accuracy of this report. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? I mean, I think the price reported was 60. Yep. Yeah. So something in there. Yeah. I mean, we still are seeing reports today that Lester is refusing to budge from that 80 million price tag. But Andreas, I'll start off with you. What do you think of this? How how true do you think? How, how much credibility does David Pastor at We Ain't Got No History got? I mean, I'm sure he's just reporting on something more concrete. Like that guy mm-hmm. just runs the the fan blog, and he does make a lot of community posts. But my my thing here is just at this point, just get it done, get it over the line. Do we overpay? Sure, we'll overpay. But who knows? Maybe down the line we say 60 million was a bargain i just want one of the positions that we're still struggling we disregard kai havertz left back center back goalkeeper i just want one of those to just be done and dusted and if paying 60 million for ben chilwell means we're done talking about left backs screw it get it done like i at that yeah, point it's not I our just, money to spend it's just <laughs> Roman Abramovich. It's, it's it's just one of those things where like okay this is the guy they want you have to pay for the guy you want Get them. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Just get it done. I, I've kind of changed my tone on Chilwell as time of, has gone on. One, because I've been frustrated at the lack of other, you know, cheap alternatives being linked with us. I think the only one that's, I mean, recently we had the Rehuillon or whatever his Regulon. name is. Regulon. Um, he was like the only other one that was linked with us. I, I think Tagliafico is a really good price tag. I don't know why we haven't explored that a little bit more. Um, but look, the bottom line is, and the reason why I changed my thought is if this is the guy that Frank wants, we just have to go and get him. Yeah. I think part of the reason why we haven't been being linked is because this is in fact the guy that he wants. Um, there's no other way around it. So Leicester are very hard to bargain with. Um, I think United could attest to that with the whole Harry Maguire saga. Um, you know, we did rip them off for N'Golo Conte. Um, but they're not easy to bargain with. So, you know, I won't be surprised if that deal does cross the line and we see a figure a little bit higher than 60. Not saying that it's the smartest move, but um, just saying it's a possibility. I think people are afraid of getting burned. I mean, just this Kepa situation. Like, we we just have this 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 very recent history of breaking records for uh, specific positions and them turning out to be complete shit. And, you know, I think that fans are rightfully over that, you know, we, we would rather spend money on players. If we're going to spend big, it has to be someone who's proven or someone who's like consensus to beat the next big thing like Kai Havertz or someone who is a cheaper alternative, who is productive. You know, we don't want to spend big for a question mark anymore. And I think that's fine. But what Zach said is probably the the reason why I'm all in on the, on the Chilwell hype train, because it's, it's Frank's guy. If that's who he wants. And I hope, I wish he didn't make that, make it that apparent because 
it really ruined our bargaining power because right now it looks like I mean this is this is all according to rumors but he he's our guy he's on top of our list and it doesn't look like we're linked to any of those other names but you know if Lester knows that there's no reason for them to budge you know like wh yeah. why why would they give us a cheaper uh cheaper price but if he goes for 80 I pray to god he works out because if not it'll be really really annoying to deal with <laughs> but uh, also just really disappointing on our end as a fan as a fan um all right let's go to the next question this one's from at nick leonardson what's up nick he says atletico gets knocked out of the champions league oh back to chelsea here we go shout out to fab um uh, we mentioned it earlier how likely is this to happen is this is this something that we should even think about no Zach? not yet yeah yeah, I think it's a little early, um, but I, I, I'm surprised Nick is so willing to, you know, hop off the Willie hype train. I know. So Willie. I was, Will, I was <laughs> saying Willie should be our full-time starter next season. You know, what's wrong with keeping with having a 42-year-old? Is he 42, 30-something? It's like know. 39. Yeah, he's almost yeah. 40 years old. But, yeah, maybe we can get uh, Hilario in there as well, um, his his second favorite keeper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, this one's from this one. We got another question from Nacho Fuentes. Shout out to Venezuela again. He says, with Ziek and Warner coming in, Werner, um, in addition to RLC having some games in him, will Mount retain his first eleven role? Zach, what do you think? Most important player. I don't think there's <laughs> any way Frank Frank sets the team up next season without Mason Mount in it, just because he's a tone setter um, defensively. Yeah, Mason Mount is starting more games than Loftus Cheek yeah, to start. Like sure. unless Loftus Cheek has to do something ridiculous to start the season, and yeah. Mason Mount was the best part about the attacking eights. Okay, but also, I mean, you start. have to think about we play with a three-man midfield, and Golo Conte obviously he's a lock. Uh, Kai Havertz. Havertz is a lock, and Kova. I mean, depending on who you it, want to believe is the most the player of the season. You him, can be the player of the season and and not start anymore whoa True. wait so you're saying that you think mason mount takes kova's role i mean his, his his starting spot i think if i think that at the beginning of the season if we can get kai havertz across the line now then he'll start right away if not it'll be mason mount would right. start over kovacic I... if kai havertz is already on the squad today interesting because with attacking eights, you need a guy that's going to dart into the box, and, and Mount will do that more so than Kovacic. Wow, this is this is shocking, honestly, coming from you. I'm I'm I, surprised you're saying this right now. I mean, I'm you not, I'm not saying you're wrong. Uh huh. What? Uh, loaning Tammy Abraham and keeping <laughs> no. Are you serious? Come on, I'm not I'm not Team Tammy like you. Okay, this is this is the captain of the Kova crew we're talking about right now. No, no, and and Kovacic, I mentioned this before. Like Kovacic is still going to get so many minutes but if frank gets right. to pick a starting 11 and and no international break in mind no three games in one week in mind i still think he's going to choose mount over kovacic because in his perfect world these attacking eights are making runs past the front three mm -hmm. and that's something that mount can do for 90 minutes naturally while kovacic would have to reprogram his whole brain to make a run past the forwards and also, just to add into this, Ziek just 
you know, like playing, he's going to have some games at midfield as well. I don't know. It's, it's going to be something really interesting to keep up with next season, how that rotation, the midfield works, what our best 11 looks like. Uh, I think it's a great problem to have. Um, all right, this one's from Ron. He had some other points. We took it out, unfortunately. I, I told I didn't realize what I thought at first. It, he was, you know, these are he didn't really ask questions. He made statements, but I didn't realize that he was doing a Nick Lennartson impression here. Uh, you know, just uh, quick thoughts with Ron. But we kept this last one in. He says, "I give the season an eight out of ten. Most of us didn't make." Uh, oh wait, no. This is also him just making that. <laughs> Wait, wasn't there a question? You took no, it out? But, but 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 you could read it as Ron's thoughts. Oh well, you we took out the other comments. ones. All right, I'll I'll go back and find the other ones. I'll, let's move on to Russ Russ's questions first, and then we'll we'll go back into Ron. Um, he says, "Can you?" This one's at Russell. Uh, I forget what his hashtag is on Twitter, but it's like grumpy old man or something. Uh, <laughs> he's serious. a banter king. banter king banter king one of my favorite follows he says can you analyze all of the defensive errors leading to goals conceded rather than just having a pop at keppa when you talk about him thanks you've got all night yeah also non-football related have you ever had worcester sauce on your bacon and eggs in the morning is that how you say it or is it worcester sauce i thought I, it was worcester sauce. i know for a fact he just put that in so that he would ha hear me try to pronounce it and i hate to break it to you russ it's not because i'm american it's because this word is is impossible for anyone to pronounce okay it has nothing to do with me being american what what is it is it is it not Worcester? is it worcester west Wor I don't know, Russ. There's a lot of words that you guys can't pronounce right. You don't see me making fun of it, too. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like every Might time be... we talk about Keppa, we, we always mention and give, give fault to the defense as well. Right? Am I, am I, like, giving ourselves a little bit too much credit? But, right? Like, don't we say that? No, I definitely like for ninety percent of the season was protecting Keppa. Yeah, so. I mean I shit on Keppa, but that's uh, rightfully, you know, like it, it's 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 not it's it's warranted. It's definitely warranted. I don't know. This this guy loves busting my balls. That's fine. Uh, all right, let, I I found uh, I found Rod's tweets. Here's the first one. Where is it? He says, "This is the funnest season in quite a while." Plus, what the? Right, so yeah, this is this is quick thoughts with Ron. Just to be clear, funnest season in quite a while. Plus, what the future holds got me so hyped, excited, and optimistic. We're not perfect, far from it, but we have a plan, which is something that I'm overly excited about. Player of the year, Kovacic. Biggest surprise, Cap Captain Balling his ass off. Biggest disappointment, Keppa and our backline. Oh, and when are we announcing Kai? Last one. He's doing his best Nick Lennartson Im imitation here. I give the season an 8 out of 10. Most didn't have us make it to the top 6, let alone 4th, but we could have won a cup and gotten 3rd if we didn't blow some easy games. Hashtag Rep Ultras. Watch out, Nick. I think I, I like I like Quick Thoughts with Ron. I maybe a little bit more than Quick Thoughts with Nick. I don't know. <laughs> Quick thoughts with Bone Daddy. Quick thoughts with Bone Daddy. Cool. 
aka Bone Daddy Deluxe, aka Bone Daddy Supreme. All right, and we got hey, one. I, I, so uh, I, I googled how to pronounce that word. That word, Worcester. Um, Worcester. So, so according. Here's what I found on the web. Oh, <laughs> okay. you didn't hear that. So apparently, you are supposed to pronounce it Worcestershire. 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 So oh you, according to the Merriam-Webster dictionary, skip pronouncing the first R altogether and the C-E while you're at it, and barely say the second R. Start off the word by saying Worcester, and then finish off with the British Shire. Worcestershire. That's bullshit. It's Worcester. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Worcester, sure. Whatever. All right, this one's from the Jimmy. At, another one from that Jimmy Bahama. He asks, on a scale from 1 to 10, how mad would you be if we signed Chilwell and not Kai? And why is it a 29? I think he I think he picked 29 because that's Kai Havertz's number. If so, impressive, Jimmy. Um, I, 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 he's basically asking if we sign Chilwell and not Kai Havertz, how mad would that be? Make you. Andreas, I'll start off with you. Irate. Irate. That would be so stupid. Like, good God. That would be so dumb. Kai Havertz is like listed out up there with your Hollands and Mbappes, and you're gonna go for Chilwell, who his own fans sometimes don't even rate. No, 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 no. We're getting Kai. Yeah, that would suck if that many if that money went to Chilwell and not Kai. It's a twenty nine. Twenty nine yeah, out of ten. Twenty nine. Twenty nine out of ten. I've already like convinced myself that this Kai Havertz deal is is happening. And I'm already Same. expecting it. So if it doesn't happen, you're returning your jersey. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't it hasn't arrived yet. It's I got international shipping, so it's, <laughs> I could still cancel it if it doesn't happen. I, my my Premier League fantasy team is gonna be called O'Kypton, my captain. Like I need this to happen. Uh, no. There you go. Yeah. See. There you hey. go. Shout out to all the Rep Ultras in our Fantasy Premier League, by the way, that we're going to launch this season. And if you want a part of it, let us know. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we'll we have any have, extra slots, but yeah, just we in case. Slide in those DMs. I've never done it before. If anyone has hey. any tips, DM me specifically. Don't DM them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't want, to, don't want to share my secrets with them. Well, guys, I, that's kind of our season review. Um, I feel good about this season. It's not as depressing as last year. Let's put it that way. Although we did have a, we did talk about Olivier Giroud's thank you Arsenal for like half the podcast in our season review like, last I, season. But... It, it, the season didn't cause me depression, but this was definitely the most depressed I've ever been in <laughs> during a season just because of the fucking terrible year 2020 has been. Yeah, 2020 has been a shit year, but hopefully 2021 is better. Um, we only have a little less than four months to go, three and a half months, whatever. Oh, don't um, really have that much. But anyways. That's the end of the podcast today, guys. Uh, let us know what you think. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Romans Empire Pod. Um, you could also reach out to us, Romans Empire Pod at gmail.com. Make sure you're following us on Anchor. We're also on there. Um, because we moved to Anchor, we're also on Spotify and pretty much anywhere else you could find a podcast. So make sure you look out for us. Um, but until next week, keep the blue flag flying high.